recording. Yay. And so so if you're hearing us out there, you're hearing that cool, cool intro music. Do we have a name for that song, Jay? Oh, um... We gotta come up with a name with that Superman <laughs> boogie. Spartacus. We're gonna call Spartacus. it Spartacus. I am Spartacus. <laughs> That's our theme song for this show, Spartacus. <laughs> that song, of course, written, recorded, produced by Jay Superman Hansen over there. I'm Billy McGuigan. You are tuned in today. Tuned in. We're old school. Tuned in to Looking Through the Glass Onion. <laughs> We're your favorite Beatles podcast, we hope. There aren't many out there, I don't think, but uh, we... We're having a lot of fun this season of our show. Season two, the real season. We kind of figured out what we're doing. And have, I feel like on today. Maybe not. Maybe as we listen, we'll be like, wow, God, we were really trying to figure that out at that point. That's fun, though. I feel like we've had a good couple of episodes anyway. Oh, to- yeah. I mean. It feels you know. like it. We even have yeah. some of our band. Some of our band is listening to our podcast. That's yeah. why I think I know we're, we're catching on. That's nice. It is nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like we have a task today. This was a random pick where I opened our revolution in the head book and I picked a song. I feel like our task today is going to be to make people like this song. Like, because I know that you and I both, well, I think going into it, I we both liked this song. This is one that we've played a couple times. It's always fun to play, but this song is. is not, it's not very well liked. Well, first of all, by the Beatles, um, we'll just no. start there. This is one of the first songs we picked that was disliked by, I think, everybody in the band. Yeah. Uh, Paul said, this is a work song. I don't have much memory of it. This is just me just doing a work song. And that's pretty rare for McCartney because every song is kind of this, oh, it was the greatest time, you know, I wrote it. And you don't really hear much about that. John said in those uh, famous Playboy interviews that that was Paul's. It was a pretty poor song, and I <laughs> was never really interested in it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then our critics, and our revolution in the headbook, which is probably the most scathing review of the song, uh, it says, Unloved by the Beatles, Hold Me Tight has done no better by the critics, who have called it aimless and half-finished, its bass inaudible, and McCartney's singing out of tune. Certainly the bass end is light, though not exceptionally so far as a Beatles track of this period. Apart from that, it's a bad press hard... It's a bad press hardly seems fair. It's bad press hardly seems fair. I totally couldn't read that in the bad lighting of my (laughs) office here. But you kind of get the idea. This song is not um, revered by them at that time. And I think I know why, and we'll get into it. We're talking about Hold Me Tight. Two minutes and 32 seconds of a rock and roll song that I really enjoy. I do too. Do you have an opening opening thoughts about Hold Me Tight? Yeah. So this is, I think this is by far our most obscure Beatles song that we've tackled at this point. I agree. Um, more so than I would say the other contender would be I'm Looking Through You. But yeah, so this is, yeah. this is, and so like they were trying to write a single. Right. Um, I, I think every song they kind of approached in trying to write a single at that point. But yeah, it turned into, a, as you said, a quote, work song, according to Paul yeah. and, and John. Yeah, neither one of them have very nice things to say about it. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't agree. It's fun to play. Um, and I learned yeah. some things today that I didn't know that explain some things for me as far as playing it because it's not easy to play on the guitar because there's some weird stuff going on but 
really, and I'm sure we'll get to that when we talk to the recording. Let's let's start about the writing. I'm going to assume that this is all mostly written by Paul. I don't really hear much John in there. I'm assuming maybe in the middle eight, you probably have a John line or a, a bounce back and forth. But this is a song they'd been playing live since like 61. Yeah, this was, it was part a big... of their live repertoire yeah. that they were playing as as they were starting to get famous. And you can hear that. And you can hear that when they wrote it, it had to be like, damn, this is going to be a great live song. Um, Paul wrote this at his home in Liverpool. So that's how early we're talking. Still at his dad's house in Fortland Road. Uh, Paul says, when we first started, it was all singles and we were trying to write singles. That's why a lot of these songs are two minute, 30 seconds. I switched out of my Paul voice. They all come out the same length. Hold Me Tight was a failed attempt at a single, which then became an acceptable album filler. I just feel like that's so scathing of, of this song. And it's not really a fair assessment, I don't think, because you listen, there's a real famous early interview of the Beatles, definitely before they came to America. And they're interviewed, and it's kind of the one where Ringo talks about he would become a hairdresser if the Beatles didn't get famous. Mm -hmm. And Paul really has this interesting take that I don't think we talk about. This is them looking at themselves two years into their fame, even before America famous. And Paul says, you know, we're, we kind of see ourselves as songwriters, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that if this goes away, John and I will still write songs. And I think you really hear that in this. I mean, like if this came out of the the factories in New York, these songwriting factories, this would be an acceptable song that would have been a hit by the Archies or any of these like groups that just give them a song. Sure. You know, I think I think yeah. it's a well-crafted song that maybe the Beatles didn't record very well, but I think oh, the song itself. <laughs> in, right. Which leads <laughs> us to our next part. Um the recording. Yeah. So what what shocked me about this song is they tried this during the Please Please Me sessions, which is their first recording session. Now, keep in mind, that album was recorded in a day, and they spent 13 takes trying to get this song on that record. And it obviously didn't. So that's kind of a big thing right off the bat, because they weren't put, doing a lot of their original material at that time. You know, there was only a handful of their original songs and they tried this one and it failed. And I think that's a, there's something to that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know I mean? And maybe we hear that attitude when they come back to record it those months later. I don't know, something about that failure and it not working. I think you may, might hear it in this recording. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good, that's a good take. Yeah. I, I, I think they came to it with sort of a jaded attitude when they came back to it with, with, when they were recording for Meet the Beatles. It was like, oh, this one again? Which is yeah, too bad. Like, and I think, you, yeah, it is too bad because there's a couple other Paul songs that get this treatment. Obviously, this being a Paul song, and you hear it in Help. There's like a song called If You Got Troubles, Then You Got Less Troubles Than Me that he mm -hmm. wrote for Ringo. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in that vein where it's maybe shouldn't have been a Beatles song. Like this is one they might have given to the Stones at that time mm. or something like that. And I think it would have... I don't know. I listened before we even get into the fun stuff of the recording. I listened to this record um, like that day in the studio. There's a little kind of somebody just went through the tapes and did like little takes of what they did that day. And when they got there in the morning, they were recording these. Uh, hey, Bob, you know, this is John from the Beatles. I understand you're playing our record in, in Australia. And you could hear how tired they are. Like Paul's voice, it almost sounds like he's like, yeah, this is Paul, you know, and you're playing. And they're young Beatles, and he sounds kind of like now Paul. So I think they're touring their asses off, 
right? Yeah. They're catching, you're catching them at a time when they're, they're young and they're starting to feel their fame a little bit, not in America. Um, I don't know. I think they're tired when they go into this session. And I think we really hear that in this recording. Um, so they did 13 takes in February. Mm -hmm. So when they get back in September, they just started on take 20 because they're superstitious, which I love. <laughs> right? They they erased everything of then and they start on take 20. We hear a combo of take 26 and 29. Did, yeah. Did you find that? So talk to me about that. I couldn't hear an edit. What are we what are we hearing there? Yeah, I don't know where the edit is and I I uh there I I couldn't find anything that said where it is either. So, you know, usually you read those things and you listen. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, there it is. Obvious. So, Hard uh, to tell. I, I could not tell either. So, uh, yeah, it's essentially takes six and nine, nine being the last one that they did that they edited together. Here's the thing that I learned. Um, yeah. So it was originally recorded in E and they sped it up. Right. So I have more excitement, right? Our yeah. Various, which we've talked about a lot this season. That was a little, t and this is, is this one of the first times they use it? <sighs> like, I don't know if there's any instance of it on please, please me, but they have this idea. And again, we talked about it a little bit, but it's a cool effect when you record it in one key and speed it up, which you hear a lot in the sixties. It just, it, 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 it gives it. Yeah. Gives it makes it, it more exciting. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. I've got the, and I, I, I slowed it down in Pro Tools today just to get an idea of it. But I've, yeah. And then I realized I've got some old bootlegs that have it in E, um, which explains like it's tricky to play in F. And right. certainly from now on, I'm going to capo that puppy. <laughs> a lot of open playing in that. <laughs> Great riff, by the way. Oh, I mean, it's that's so kind of the cool. unsung hero in the song is what a killer riff. Yeah. Um, but the very speeding does help. So we we like to talk about gear. So I broke out the Beatles gear book today. Nice. Because we have to assume that in 63, in the fall of 63, that summer and that fall is when they get that iconic gear. Right? Yeah. That's when Paul gets the, uh, I wrote it down today, the 63 Hofner 501 violin bass. Mm-hmm. Because he had one before, and he likes it because you can play it either way. So it looks cool left-handed. Because at that time they weren't really there wasn't a lot of left-handed instruments made. You just flipped it over. If you were a guitar player, and the Hofner lends itself to that perfectly. They of course make him a lefty, uh, and this is the one that he plays on the rooftop. This is the one that he brings back now. This is the famous Beetle bass. Mm -hmm. uh, George, of course, also gets the country gent. Gretsch? Yeah. I'm going to assume he's playing that on this record as he must have. I think he just got it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's definitely the country gent. You can you can almost, George, almost, there's almost a guitar theme with each album that the Beatles do. There's almost like the new favorite. And so yeah. he had just gotten the, the Gretsch country gentleman. Such a cool name. Uh, it for a is. guitar. <laughs> and his was unique, right? Because I looked at in the book, it talks about how it had dual flip mutes. And that's what you see him when you see him playing live a lot. George is, especially at this time, he's always messing with those things. Like when I was a kid, I thought, I have no idea what he's doing. Is he, you know, but I'm guessing on that country gent, what does it do? It switches the pickups every time he does it? So the, the, the country. Oh, you froze on me. The Gretsch. I'm just staring at, I'm just staring at a blank thing like, oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> Recording in Zoom. My internet connection is unstable. Imagine that. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, back to the country jet. Cause I was like, oh gosh, am I making stuff up that Jay doesn't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, the Gretches I are- was at dual flip mutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gretches are interesting. So they don't have a tone knob. Um, they have a tone switch, which uh, there's normal. And then there's uh, what, what many people call the mud switch. And then the more mud switch, which is kind of true. They, the other two sound like crap. Um, but then there's also, uh, there's also these, these mutes that will sort of mute the strings. And it's said that he didn't like the sound of the mutes, but I swear to God he's using them because they well, have mean, it, such a... A, an interesting sound and mine mine i've got a country classic uh-huh. uh it doesn't have the mutes and i wish it did but you know oh well you watch him a lot i mean again all the video of that time especially the ed sullivan show he's always jacking with those things so yeah he's doing something buddy yeah. right and he's got to be doing and then lennon also gets from rickenbacker oh man we talked about it last time but he gets that rickenbacker 325 <laughs> yeah and so those two guitars together on this record sound awesome. They do. They're yeah. slo- it is very sloppy. They are playing sloppily, um, but it's cool. And okay, drummers. Okay, listen. Ringo goes to Drum City in Manchester, England, because oh, nice. he played a premiere <laughs> kit before. Right? I'm I'm giving some love. Yeah, nice. And he gets his first Ludwig kit. The first, uh, the first one that he uses on that tour, they just kind of like give him a, a hodgepodge. But at this time. They get his own custom kit, and this is the Ringo kit, the Oyster Pearl Black or whatever it is. Yeah, Am I so saying cool. that right? Oyster Black Pearl. And for the first time for on that drum head, we see the Drop T logo. Indeed. I mean, this is all coming together like right at this time. We talked about on the I Want to Hold Your Hand, how they're building, but this is like one of those rungs in the ladder, right? Because, they, again, they're cool. They're cool Beatles here. Um, I mean, this is the this is the – instrument lineup of rock band exactly i mean this is yeah when rock band was released with the instruments in 2009 these are the this is what you got baby yeah so that's pretty cool it's awesome and they're playing that and you do hear it on this record um ringo's drumming i think was the one thing that i heard that makes this song kind of really cool he does some really cool drum fills in here classic ringo like you can't in some of those early rehearsals, you can hear that Paul's teaching Ringo the, the part. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ringo doesn't remember it because he is relatively new to the band at this point. That's ish. true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so you, I don't know, but it, it leads itself to some cool drum fills and some really cool things. Talk to me. What else do you know about the recording around this time? Oh, gosh. The the thing that, that surprised me was, yeah, that that they uh, that they did speed it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot, there's not a lot out there about this song because it's, I think it's just because it's so poorly regarded by John and Paul. Yeah. And that's all right. We'll, we'll make you like it. Don't worry. We'll get in there. (laughs) But on this recording you hear, um, I don't know you, I think as I'm listening to it and I think maybe what people hear is this isn't our most professionally recorded Beatles song. It, it is kind of sloppy, to be honest with you. And they also record Don't Bother Me on the same day, which also isn't a very inspired Beatles song, if that makes sense. I mm-hmm. think it's a decent – it's one of the first attempts at a George song, and they kind of mm, dial it in. Yeah. And I think because of their, their level of how busy they were, this is just kind of one of those days in the studio where – 
maybe they didn't give it all, but you know, we have messed up lyrics. You hear that, and I think <laughs> my, that might be where some of the editing is. They might have taken a lyric from Take Twenty Six and put it in Twenty Nine. And where is the bass? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not much of it there. No, uh, and that is kind of a shame. That maybe we talked about uh, old brown shoe. Right. And I think I, maybe this falls in that category that a re-record of this song, some other takes later in their career, like if they would have brought this one back instead of one after 909 for Let It Be, we might have a really interesting, cool song. Um, I don't know. They just they kind of bunted on this one. It yeah. Feels. Yeah. It, it's yeah. The, the messed up lyrics. Paul. Yeah. Paul's accused of singing out of tune, which he certainly is. He's, he's, but it's, it's endearing. I think there's a point in music where somebody's singing out of tune, you hear it and you go, ah, isn't that refreshing? Well, that's true. It made me think right? of, of today, how everything is perfect with Pro Tools and stuff and how the Beatles yeah. really like, I mean, I, they took it as a challenge to slip stuff past George Martin. It's like, okay, right. you know, like they'd screw up and they'd look at each other like, did he catch they, it? They didn't catch it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so but again, I, you're do, you're doing they. How many takes of this song? It was a nine take day. I mean, essentially, we get yeah. two of the. Yeah. I mean, when you think of it that way, well, shit. How could it not be loose, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, give them a break. Let's. Uh, would you find on your deep dive? Because I, I I think there's a couple of cool things out there about this this song. Um. Well, it's tough. It is tough. You have to dive deep to find anything about Hold Me Tight. I think the interesting thing is that it was so forgettable for Paul that he rewrote another song called Hold Me Tight for Red was. I have that too. (laughs) Oh, Lazy Dynamite. Better song. I will say that the Hold Me Tight, Lazy Dynamite medley from Red Rose Speedway, uh, it might be a better song. But yeah, how do you forget that? (laughs) Which... Apparently he forgot years later because "Come On People" is essentially "Hold Me Tight" at the beginning. So <laughs> that's my—I mean, that's my opinion. But if you listen to those two piano things, it's like, <laughs> oh right, my god, that is—that is the same song. He, and but he goes a little Bowie he, he on that. He was referencing himself. <laughs> well, he does that uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So not it's a lot also of, in "Across the Universe." Did you find that? I did, and I looked on iTunes to hear the version from the soundtrack, and I, I couldn't find it. It's uh, it's Rachel Evan Wood, who I really like, and I did not see across the universe. I'm not afraid to admit that. So I, I, I listened to it, and I, and I went to Kate, and I said, did you see across the universe? And she said, I loved it. And I'm sure there are people that did. <clears throat> I That's just something I skipped. Mm-hmm. Right? I wasn't into that version of the Beatles, those people but i will tell you that it was really good the the song it's a real it's a really good version of the song it what's, has horns on it what's the uh, artist's name a uh, rachel evan wood the actress sings it um oh. so yeah just look up the across the universe soundtrack out there it's it it's kind of like what it would have been it had the beatles done it and and let it be and i think it's cool because you it is a good song it's just they didn't give it the the love that it required. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to check that out. I, there's a version by a band called the Smithereens. Yeah. They, they did a couple. That. Yeah. And there's their version. It, it rocks. It really it's, is good. I mean, it sounds like the O'Neaters. Yeah. 
It's a great Oneida song. It really is. It's an A-side for them. This yeah. is a acceptable, what did he say? Acceptable album filler for the Beatles. <laughs> Let's talk about, oh, also, Al Stewart's, no, the year of the cat guy. How do you feel about Al Stewart? Can I get a looking hey, through the glass onion rating on hey, Al Stewart? Okay. Bring it I, into the mic. Bring it into the mic. I love Talk to me. the year of the cat. I love it. In fact... I'll probably it's do. The year of the cat. Yeah, if, if I ever do another cover CD, I'm definitely doing that song. You're I, gonna do Year of the Cat. I do. I love it. I love that's all, time that's all passages. <laughs> time Somebody passages. told me during yeah. once that I sound like Al Stewart. Really? I don't know if I should I, take that as a compliment. I, I don't. Voice he, I don't think you sound. He has an interesting voice, and yours yeah. is awesome, and his is interesting. <laughs> anyway, he has a song. How PC of you. He, thank you. He has a song, an album, and a song called "Modern Times," in which he references "Hold Me Tight." How deep of a dive is that, my friends? Mm. <clears throat> Damn. All right, now I'm gonna. We're gonna make you like this song. We play this song live. It doesn't get requested a lot, but we I think we've love done it in it, front so. of a, an audience twice. I Only twice, recall, really? I, yeah, I think we've done it once here in Omaha, and I think we did it once on the road. We've played it's, it in it's, sound checks many times. A lot, because we we love it. So this is a song when when my brothers and I were kids, we loved the obscure songs, and this is just an obscure song. It was fun to play. It had a hard, couple hard chords in it. Yeah. Had an A flat, which I talked about in the show last <clears> night, which for me meant just play it in A and it never sounded right. So we'd have to <laughs> skip this song. <laughs> so when we got older and started playing it in the show, it became one of my favorites. I love playing this song. I love the call and response harmony part. Yeah. You know? So hold, hold me. It's classic early Beatles. Yeah, I always it's thought very it was a John group. song. Very girl group. Yeah. Great take. Yeah. And I, I always thought it was a John song when I was a kid. I don't know why. Oh, but yeah. it's great Paul vocals. My brother Matthew sings this one. And we get to play these rocking guitar parts together. But I guess in our show, the bass and the guitar play it. Because <laughs> you can't hear the bass in the recording. So <laughs> <laughs> my brother Matthew tears this one up. Um, we played it with Rich. This was one of Rich Miller's, uh, our former drummer. He loved early Beatles songs. And this was one of his favorite early Beatles songs. Yeah, um, yeah. How about you playing it live? Because you have to play that rocking little riff all throughout. Yeah. So this is one of this is one of I don't know if I should admit this, but this is one of mm -hmm. a handful of songs I've actually sat down and transcribed like off the album oh. as opposed oh, to Oh, wrote it out. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know. I mean, when we first started, there was, you know, there's two hundred Beatles songs. So I was yeah. utilizing uh, guitarinstructor.com a lot. Um, but this is one I actually did myself. And now that I've realized that it was originally an E, I think I'll redo it with a capo. Makes sense. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it, it's tricky. Um, George, you know, George, George is a damn good guitar player. I don't care, yeah. you know, people rip on him, but I mean, he, we won't have that here. No. That's, that's a load of shit. You no. can't pull on George Harrison here. Oh, my God. He, yeah. So it, it's, And like uh, you said, he has he has themes uh, that he does on certain records. And I mean, his early influence, that Carl Perkins stuff, that Chuck Berry, that Buddy Holly stuff that he can play at this point. Yeah. He is the best at that stuff, especially at this time. Argue with me. Listen to All My Loving. Oh, okay? 
country dudes. Listen okay, to George. the live version of Till There Was You. It is unbelievable. Which brings me to my next point, Jay. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Okay, this is a new segment on our show, which, <laughs> what did Rolling Stone say about this song? Oh, nice. Okay. <clears throat> Rolling Stone. <laughs> Which I, you know, I hope one day my album gets reviewed on Rolling Stone because I'm sure they're going to tear it apart because it sound, doesn't sound like the boss or Bruce. But <clears throat> horrifying, they call it. It saves the band's cover of Till There Was You, also released on With The Beatles, from being their all-time ghastliest moment. Thoughts? Damn. Wow. That's... First of all, their Till There Was You is one of the best cover versions of a musical theater song that you will ever hear. Totally. It's killer. It's a great arrangement. And if you don't think so, try to pull it off live. And if you do pull it off, watch the reaction of the crowd. They will go nuts because, first of all, Till There Was You was a song they played on the Ed Sullivan Show. So any song they pick there, that goes in our A-list, right? Yeah. And to call it the, the only, I mean, eventually we're going to get to the worst Beatles song. And this is not, these songs aren't even oh, in the bottom Oh, this is even 10. close. With me on that? No, not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Indeed. Not even close. So Rolling Stone, we strongly disagree with you on that one. In fact, we're yeah. coming to the point where we rate it. We've peeled off all the layers of the glass onion, Jay. We've gotten to the apple core, if you will. <laughs> like that? I thought of that the other day. Huh? We've gotten to the apple core. Now it's time to rate this song. So... Paul hated this one. He'd probably give it a one. John might not have even rated it. Shit, Paul might not have rated it. He didn't even remember it. Ringo might have liked it because, well, he's Ringo. Yeah. Rolling Stone hated it. Okay. How do you feel about it, Jay? Give me your glass onion rating. Now, this is an interesting one. I mean, this is not a well-known. Maybe a lot of people aren't going to listen to this episode because it's not the most well-known Beatles song, but talk to me. Make me love this one. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's or a rocker. Make me hate it. It's a it's a, it's one yeah. of their rockers. Um and I think it for me it is it is one of the more challenging guitar songs to play and but also one of the more fun ones to play cuz it it's it does. It rocks. Um I've always yeah. thought I've always liked this song. Um it is it is indeed a bit of a rarity. Uh are we rating? Is that what point we're at? We are rating. Yeah, we have. We're at the apple core. All right, I'm gonna go peel back all I'm the layers go, of the glass onion. I'm gonna go eight point two, based on 8. the enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, I'm an easy judge. These are the Beatles. <laughs> the Norwegian judge is very, very. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, very lenient. I like that. Uh, yeah, because it's, it, it's right. so much fun to play. It, um, and. It is one of those rare Beatles songs that that I like. This is a definitely falls on the rare side of the Beatle spectrum. Um, if you're a Beatles fan, this is one that you know. This is one that you love. I want to talk to you about that bridge for a second, which is probably what saved this saves this song. Just as a song, if we're kind of you're right, because playing it live, it's one of the top songs to play live. Probably because we don't get to play it live very much, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that bridge, what it means to hold you tight, being here alone tonight with you, it feels so right. And the hand claps, oh. Yeah, forgot about the hand claps. Da, da, da. It, I mean, it's a good one. 
Um, is it their best song? No. no. Is there a reason that it didn't end up on Please Please Me and kind of gets its acceptable album filler? Yeah. Yeah, but if I think if you put this one instead of One After 909, another one of our favorite Beatles songs, by the way, if you put that on Let It Be, I'd rate this one way higher because I think they would have rocked it and been like, oh, man, this was a fun song. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go 6-4 yeah, go on it. Okay. But that's that's a high score. I mean, that's still in the you got to know this Beatles song. You got you to gotta listen to this Beatles song. It's a fun one. I love playing it live. Yeah. But, you know, they did fluff the recording. I'm not going to. We can't overlook that. <laughs> and George Martin, Mr. Perfect, the fifth Beatle. Where's that bass? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. Uh... <laughs> it got lost in it, there. It, album filler. Album Acceptable album filler. <laughs> Definitely not uh, the second so worst song they ever did, Rolling Stone. So. We like it. What do you think? You can let us know. Info at BillyMcGuigan.com. Again, we're on Spotify. That's how I listen, Jay. I think you, you listen on Apple Music. Oh, that's right. You don't. <laughs> I mean, I've listened. I'm, I've been listening. I'm right here. I keep telling them. I'm like, Jay, it's pretty good. You guys think it's good, right? I mean, I, we think it's good. That last episode blew my mind, and I love this one. This is always fun. I, we did get a request, Jay. Oh, okay. Um. So this is going to be a good one. We might have to spend a little bit more than just our half an hour or an hour. We might go deep on this one. Revolution has been uh, Which requested one? by someone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Revol oh, re exactly. So we'll cover all three. Oh, great. Okay. All, all right. right. We're going to cover all three versions of Revolution, even Revolution number nine, which we got to know about. Wow. Should we save that one for its own day? We, that's we better save. Yeah, that's we're that's, gonna do Revolution one and the single version of Revolution. Yeah, also a also a very speeded song. They sped it up a bit. Revolution. We we're all that's it's the speed the very sped season yeah. for us and a big Al Stewart episode for us. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna call this episode "Hold Me Tight: The Year of the Cat." <laughs> I give Al Stewart real low marks. I don't know what it is, like a two-one. Like it just doesn't art, and I don't know what it is. Like I, two I, songs. I like I like uh, time passages and you're the cat. I I really yeah, do. But give me something. Yeah. What else you got beyond? No, that? I I don't even know. I I I mean, <laughs> talk about album filler. That that greatest hits of Al Stewart. I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> like I, I don't know how they made a, enough material to put a CD out. Keep. <laughs> Keep filling. <laughs> I was going to see if I could vary speed time passages. <laughs> time passages. <laughs> anyway, we're ending an episode laughing. So we have. Hey, fun. I'm going to make we you like you Al Stewart. I'm going to record a version of <laughs> You're the Cat for you, buddy. <laughs> Please do. Even if you don't release it, just give it to me. All right. <laughs> We should be past, by the time this episode is released, we should be past the election. We should be past Halloween. So we should be hopefully living in a world that we understand what it looks like. But man. <laughs> oh, I think you are, your optimism is admirable. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <'Cause>, wow. I'm, <laughs> I, I hope you're right, buddy. It's probably why we're doing revolution the next episode, everybody. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's either going to be a real somber episode 
<laughs> or something will have gone down in the lame duck session area, or uh, it'll be a very happy episode. Who knows? We don't care what fall part of the political spectrum, I can't even say spectrum, you fall on because the Beatles, you know, we know what side they fall on and that's where we are. So, I'm Billy McGuigan. That's Jay Hansen. We've been looking through the glass on you. Told you about...